The Securities and Exchange Commission regularly points out how many millions of dollars whistleblowers receive as a result of tips about corporate malfeasance. Yet it has a rule in the offing that would limit the largest payouts. This is a big puzzle to the whistleblower community. For more, we turn to the executive director of the National Whistleblower Center, John Kostiak. John, good to have you back. Hey, good morning, Tom. Tell us about this rule. First of all, what do we know about it? Well, the rule was proposed two years ago, and it has a number of provisions in it, but we've been focusing on just a handful of them, which we think are a serious threat to what otherwise is a beautiful whistleblower program. And we're, like you, a little bit mystified about the intent behind these proposals because they would do serious damage to what has been a great success. Well, would it simply put a dollar cap on payouts? Because right now, these I guess these are called key TAM settlements, are a percentage of whatever it is the government recovers. So it's not even as if appropriations are being spent. It's just a portion of the reward or the fine and penalty is diverted to the whistleblower. Yeah, and that's right. That's one of the two main provisions we've been focused on, the cap on rewards. Congress puts a statutory percentage in the legislation. And the idea behind having a clear percentage is whistleblowers have a roadmap. There's some predictability. So if you're a high-level executive, well-compensated, accustomed to that high-level compensation, and considering about exposing wrongdoing, and you see that the SEC is now getting hostile to large awards, you may reconsider submitting uh, information. This almost is like the SEC sending a message, we're not interested in the biggest cases, which is strange because uh, we have celebrated many successes with them for large-scale corporate fraud being exposed by whistleblowers, and we don't want that to end. So we've been fighting this one hard. And the SEC itself, the commissioners, recently postponed a vote on it for the second time. Do you think it's because of whistleblower concern or is it because they just don't agree and don't want to have something that they can't get behind unanimously? Well, as you know, they don't share their reasonings for the postponement of their meetings. This is the second time they've done it without explanation. We can only guess it is some combination of what you allude to. We have alerted our members and supporters. We've got a fairly large email list to notify the SEC directly of their concerns. And we are proud to say that there have been more comments on this particular rule than any time in the history of the SEC whistleblower program. So perhaps that is it. And we've been meeting with the commissioners in person and really raising the temperature. So I think that's part of it. I do think the chairman probably would like to come out with a decision that is a unanimous one. And this one is controversial. So you know, our ultimate hope is that uh, whatever changes they made to the whistleblower program are around the margins and they should not mess with the sort of key successful planks of that program. Well, is the rule entirely about whistleblowers or is the whistleblower and the limit on payouts just a detail of a much larger rule that covers other matters? Yeah, the the rule does cover other matters and we haven't been weighing in on those. And so there are things in this rule proposal that are completely not controversial. The other one we do want to call attention to, at least a big threat as this cap on rewards, is the idea that this SEC is putting out now that if you don't fill out their prescribed form, known as the TCR, at the very beginning of your disclosure process, you are disqualified from being treated as a whistleblower and receiving a reward. That to us is extremely strange. The SEC actually has other parts of its website where they encourage contacting the SEC, the contact us form. If you were to click on that right now, if this rule were approved and you clicked on contact us and, and notify the SEC, of the corporate fraud, 
you could be disqualified from the program because you didn't fill out the form as your first form of contact. Or if you would try to resolve things internally within your company, that would be a prohibited disclosure that would bar you from the program. So we find that to be very strange too. Both that and the cap on rewards seem to be very hostile to the core idea of we want to encourage whistleblowing. We want to make it as easy as possible. That's what's been the key to the success of the program so far. We're speaking with John Kostiak. He is executive director of the National Whistleblower Center. And just go over that last one one more time. If you try to resolve what you think is the problem with the corporation itself that you're employed by, then you would not be qualified to become a whistleblower afterwards to the SEC? Right. The proposal is essentially we want your first disclosure to be through this TCR form. And if the disclosure happens in another format, that will disqualify it. It gives a small opportunity to rectify that apparent, that alleged procedural violation or flaw, but that it's a very narrow window, 30 days if to rectify it. And, you know, many whistleblowers are not going to be aware of this new requirement. And we fear that people with very important evidence of fraud will be disqualified because of that. And that's a slightly different procedure than is expected for people that blow the whistle on federal agency operations, where aren't you expected to try to resolve it with your supervisor and maybe his or her supervisor and up the chain before you go to, say, Office of Special Counsel? That's right. And, you know, I have to say uh, in the uh, private sector, there is a benefit to having an independent channel outside of corporations' reporting channels, because some of those reporting channels are not very good in terms of protecting whistleblowers. So we don't have a concern with asking people to go to the government, but just don't disqualify them if they don't follow these very precise set of procedures. Just ask them to correct uh, how they went forward and make it a friendly amendment process. Interesting. And do you have any sort of ally organizations in raising your concerns, let's say, to the SEC? Yes, we have had a host of other NGOs and advocates who have weighed in in the same place that we have. So if you look at the public record of comments here, it's quite diverse array of opposition. On the other side, it looks to us like this is the Chamber of Commerce. They have been pushing this, particularly the cap on the awards, for a long time. They failed in an effort about a decade ago. The SEC voted unanimously against putting a cap on the awards. But they're back again, and they're pretty tenacious. And so we will have to work hard to make sure this doesn't go forward. Because if there is a percentage that Congress established, a range of percentages, I guess, that a whistleblower can receive to limit that so that it's below that percentage, that would seem to be contrary to the statute. Yeah. Now, SEC is not saying they would go below the lowest end of the statutory percentage. But what they are saying is we reserve the discretion to lower the award based upon the size of the sanction. And to us, linking the award, essentially penalizing you for bringing forward the larger cases is quite odd. (laughs) It should be almost the opposite. Bring us the largest cases and we promise we will truly reward you. And there have been some multi-million dollar awards to whistleblowers in recent years. I think there was one just recently that was a couple of million dollars. Right. And you can imagine that if you are a corporate executive sitting on evidence of large-scale fraud, you're paying close attention to that kind of news. You really want to know that there's a financial lifeline. The most important thing to know about whistleblowing is that retaliation is commonplace. Powerful people, when they're exposed, retaliate. And so if you're a corporate executive considering whether to go to legal authorities about violations of the law, 
you are rightly concerned that that could jeopardize your entire career. And so we have fought hard for financial lifelines for people who are willing to take that risk. John Kostiak is executive director of the National Whistleblower Center. Thank you for that update. Thank you for having me. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. All I want for Christmas is a DWI. Yeah, said no one ever. Impaired driving kills the holiday spirit. Drive sober, drive smart. Extra enforcement now on Minnesota roads. A message from the Minnesota Department of Public Safety. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.